Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, welcome back to episode number 37 of Believe in SDSU Basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network. It's a place with a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Uh, in this episode, we're going to look back on some publishings by different uh, media companies talking about college basketball, a way too early top 25, why San Diego State has a 10th ranked transfer recruit or player, um, why the NCAA continues to feel pressure to entice collegiate athletes to stay in school, and where is Malachi Flynn going? Or where is he going to get drafted? So we'll answer all those questions. So stay tuned. Here we go. As always, if you enjoy the show, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. We are also available wherever podcasts can be found. So um, if you're like me, uh, sort of just following the news to figure out the status of businesses and states um, as we are staying in through this coronavirus pandemic. We're noticing that a lot of, depending on the state, you know, there's a either a staged process or if you're in certain states, you're just kind of opening the floodgates like it's a Black Friday. And a lot of pro teams are slowly being allowed to open up their practice facilities. And what does this mean for colleges? I mean, it... On one hand, it seems rather help, hopeful because if we're able to show through other teams what we could do in terms of practice facilities and, and getting players back into um, playing shape and staying six feet apart, obviously a, a sport like college basketball would be a lot easier to figure out those logistics than something like college football where you're involving dozens more players. But at the same time, the other side of it is just um, trying to put myself in the college's shoes and trying to understand you have to kind of factor in everything. Teachers, classes, student body, employees, just faculty, just things that are outside of sports because you want to open up the school as a whole. you know. And I don't know if colleges are necessarily thinking, well, we'll just do sports first and figure that rest out later. You know, and it would take some time, you know, with SEC um, recently allowing facilities to open beginning June 8th, which is just a couple of weeks away. I see something like that and I kind of proceed with caution just because, you know, with the way certain states and certain cities are opening up, you know, uh, it's not necessarily the most staged process, I would say. And I would imagine chances are there's going to be more information that we gather and the risk of seeing spikes in coronavirus cases in some of those cities again, which would then, I guess, cause people to react in a much more precautionary manner a second time. So yes, it's nice to see certain cities sort of opening up certain pro teams and in this case, the SEC allowing facilities to open. But then at the same time, with people's or different cities reaction to um, 
opening businesses back up and the potential risk that's involved because, you know, it's it's not going to go away just like that. I am cautiously optimistic about when a place like the Mountain West would allow um, their facilities to open up. I mean, a lot of those schools, especially in a place like California, are taking things a lot more conservatively and being more strict in the way that they designate which counties are allowed to open, which types of businesses are allowed to open and what the stages look like. So I would think places like uh, San Diego may take a little bit longer than what you might expect in other parts of the country. Um, In other news, ESPN released a quote unquote way too early top 25 and last year's six ranked six ranked team in the country, San Diego State, is nowhere to be found. And that's understandable. I mean, we lost Malachi Flynn. Matt Mitchell declared for the draft. Hasn't committed with an agent yet, so he there is a chance that he comes back. So it just kind of depends on, I would imagine, if Matt comes back. And also, you know, Losing Malachi is huge. He was our primary driver, um, the captain of the team, the leader. So I can understand where they're coming from. I feel, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I feel a little slighted that we we were ranked sixth. We lose three seniors and all of a sudden we're not even mentioned as a potential top 25 team. But we've been here before. And while last year may be really difficult, some may say damn near impossible to replicate, I still feel we have the pieces in place. And now with something like this, as we continue to get doubted, a healthy chip on our shoulder to kind of sort of re-energize the hunger. And so you get that, you combine with just the overall general desire for for everybody to try and get things back to normal. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit more excitement around college basketball next year. So um, just because we're not placed in a potential hypothetical way too early ranking doesn't mean that um, we're not going to end up there. I confidently feel we will be in the AP Top 25 next season. And speaking of rankings, um, ESPN also ranked the transfer window separating transfers from um, those who are a- able to play right away next season, maybe come halfway through the season and maybe have to sit out the season. And for us, um, he, ESPN ranked Terrell Gomez, who's a grad transfer coming from Cal State Northridge, as the 10th ranked transfer that is immediately ready to play next season. Now, his size is the biggest concern. He's 5'8", but he's averaged almost 20 points and somebody like that can be a spark plug who may struggle against bigger teams but will provide much needed scoring i mean somebody like that will definitely give you at least a game or two during the season that we're going to sort of i guess qualify as terrell gomez um, games or performances so whether he's a starter whether he's six man he's going to be the spark plug who will provide instant offense certain nights, especially teams that like to play fast and teams that play a little small ball and spread the floor. I feel like somebody like him who knows how to get buckets um, can find ways to take 
or offset his um, size. And, you know, in, in previous episodes, you know, I've been phrasing and discussing what the NCAA is facing with regards to just sort of the overall product of college basketball. And that is speaking specifically, but more in a macro sense, college sports. And this week we learned that um, Texas Tech will lose one of their better players, their captains, uh, to professional basketball. And I'm blanking on the first name, and I should have wrote it, written it down, but Moretti, um, I'm just going to look it up. I'll say that I'm going to guess now and just say that his first name is either going to be Matt or David. And I'm going to be completely wrong probably, but we're going to, we're going to see what happens here. His first name is David with an E at the end. So, you know, like I get like 80% credit, I guess. David Moretti, um, leaving Texas Tech to turn pro overseas. And this is a, a an interesting bit of news. And, and the only reason I say that is just because the NCAA continues to feel pressure to entice collegiate athletes to stay in school. So hypothetically, let's move let's let's spend some time on this if david leaves turns pro goes overseas has a successful career um or even at worst case a few years makes a little bit of money comes back finishes school done what who what's to stop the next guy who understands that maybe his future doesn't uh future in the nba is is going to be an uphill battle maybe even more so than the people next to them seizes options and gets an opportunity to play overseas for you know high five figures low six figure salary play there for a couple of years save up come back finish school and you're entering the professional workforce with potentially thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in your bank account. What can you do with that? I mean, you start spinning the wheel and you can come up with, I'm sure, you know, an unlimited amount of combinations of what could happen. So what what's to convince or what's to motivate and entice the present day college athlete and in this, in this case, college basketball player to stay in the NCAA? Uh, play a couple of years. Thanks for the free education. Um, but realistically, everyone treats me here like a product that can't make money off of my likeness. So I'm going to go somewhere where I can. And I think at the end of the day, that's going to be the first step. But I don't know if that's necessarily going to stop anybody from taking David's um, path. We're already seeing, you know, We've already seen high school players go pro first to avoid going to college. We've seen nowadays going the G League route. And then now there's this option of being able to play professionally overseas um, for a year or two before potentially um, entering the draft. So it just kind of, there's a lot more pressure now for the NCAA. I'll be interested to see what their response will be. 
I think the most telling, uh, ironically, will be just no response at all because that would, to me, I would interpret that as just sort of the NCAA being like, we're better than everybody, which we all know, um, at least in my opinion, that they're not. And finally, speaking of turning pro, um, Yahoo Sports currently has Malachi Flynn going 38th to the Knicks if we're doing draft order by um, record, which is the eighth pick in the second round. There's 19 other guards that are ahead of him in this mock draft. This is current as of May 21st. So I'm curious to see how, how all of this unfolds for him. I mean, could uh, the lack of a draft combine help him or hurt him? You know, his ability to conduct solo workouts and interviews you know, via Zoom or Cisco, whatever. And I, I want to tend to be positive and say it would help him if people look at the tape and they have to really rely on just his pure skill and savvy. He's already catching the eye of fellow Washington State ballers um, and hoopers that are trying to, you know, obviously they're a tight-knit family up there. And, and that entire culture and that family is incredibly tight-knit so one can imagine people like jamal crawford and isaiah thomas and zach levine and those guys would definitely you know do their part in trying to shine a light on malachi um he's a 6-3 guard he's a little smaller in size but he's able to show in my opinion what he's able to do running a team he can shoot the jumper he likes to pass first he plays defense Never really acted on the, out on the court. Always went after his teammates. And oh, by the way, he led his team to a one-loss season before it was cut short. So I want to tend to say that regardless of what happens, if they give him a chance, he'll crush it. If they have to rely on the tape and less of a interaction with him personally, I think the tape will speak volumes for him. So it'll be interesting to see how, after seeing how the NFL did there, um, draft and their process and how that's kind of got some teams to draft some head scratchers or have a draft strategy that no one could could have predicted. I would imagine it's similar in the NBA, but I also know that the NBA is a, a greater, um, how do I say this? It, it's a more data-driven league and and there's a certain style of play that is more widespread across the NBA than I think it is in the NFL. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how this all works out. Obviously, I hope he gets drafted higher than 38. Um, going to a team like the Knicks would be pretty sweet, and they definitely need some talent. So it's a greater chance to make it. But at the same time, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But that's about it. Just a short, quick episode just to talk about what's happened um, in the past week, sorry I missed the episode for you guys on Tuesday, Wednesday, but I think we're going to stick it to uh, once a week for now. Um, quite frankly, right now there's not a lot of moving parts within college basketball, and um, you know everybody's life is definitely getting a little busier, a little more hectic just in general, so um, stay tuned for next week. And until next time, hope everybody's staying safe and well. 
um, and practicing safe social distancing and go Aztecs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.